0: Welcome to the marriage counselor's corner right this way your therapist will see you shortly in the meantime sit back kick your feet up on the couch and get ready to focus on adding very valuable tools to your marriage toolkit and now your host and marriage counselor david taylor what's up guys Welcome to episode five of the Marriage Counselor's Corner podcast. My name is David Taylor and I am your host. Hopefully by now you guys have uh, gotten comfortable with the Marriage Counselor's Corner. Hopefully you guys have found your favorite couch. And um, you've gotten comfortable coming, you're okay with the directions, you ain't getting lost no no more as you're coming to the office, I really appreciate that. Uh, We're on episode five, like I said, and today we're going to be talking about another topic that I believe, especially for the husbands, if you can really uh, implement and uh, grow in, it's going to change your marriage, it's going to take it to the next level. Uh, But before we do, a little bit about the Marriage Counselor's Corner podcast again if you haven't been here this is the place where you will get credible and tangible marriage related information from a licensed mental health counselor over the past 19 years i have been in the trenches in the field experimenting studying working reading doing everything that i can to help marriages survive and thrive and i've discovered things in this time period that works to make your marriage healthy so I want you to see these episodes, the episodes from the Marriage Counselor's Corner, see these episodes as a masterclass in marriage, where I take a psychological and practical approach to marriage education and enrichment. And I want you guys to really uh, take notes because this, uh, this episode is going to have a lot of information. Um, I'm actually doing a teaching on a topic that I'm usually hired to go and do uh, publicly Uh, So, like, companies will bring me in and have me come in and talk about this specific subject. Uh, But even though I will do this for, like, individuals in the business space, this topic is also very important for individuals in the marriage space. So, in today's episode, I will be talking about a subject that, um, again, this is often not associated with marriage. Uh, And as a result, I noticed that many spouses will struggle with this and not even know that this is the root of their problems. And whereas I see wives struggle with this at times, like I said earlier, husbands, I want you to really lock into this one. Today, I'm going to be discussing how to enhance the intimacy in your marriage by enhancing your emotional intelligence. That's right, guys. You heard that correctly. I'm going to be talking about your emotional intelligence or EQ. Now, because there is a lot to this subject during this podcast, I will just cover the bare essentials. But even that is going to be pretty meaty. So um, I want to go and take a deep dive at some point in this subject area in the future. But for now, I'm going to talk about the bare essentials and give you enough to fill you. And then you can go off and research some more on your own. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started talking about emotional intelligence, and enhancing your intimacy through emotional intelligence. Uh, Let me start a little bit with just the connection between intimacy and emotional intelligence. So let me ask you guys some rhetorical questions, and I want you guys to be thinking about this, okay? First off, how well do you understand the emotions that you have? So your personal emotions, how well do you understand them? Now, most people are going to say, oh yeah, I understand my emotions. Well, okay, well, let's, Let's keep going. How well do you recognize and understand the emotions of your spouse? How well do you manage your own emotions? How well do you manage the emotions of your spouse? See, intimacy is all about connecting with your spouse on a deep level. And as a matter of fact, your marriage is about two main things. It's about intimacy and it's about influence. And intimacy is all about connecting on a deep level. Now, if you read my book, The 37 Laws to Mastering Marriage, which if you haven't, where have you been? Anyway, if you read that book, you will understand in the book I talk about there are six types of intimacy. Actually, in the updated version that will come out at some point, uh, there is actually seven types of intimacy now. There's an additional type that's not talked about in the book. And all forms of intimacy rely on how healthy you are emotionally. And in order to enhance the intimacy inside of your marriage, you must maximize your emotional intelligence. Because again, intimacy relies on emotional well-being and emotional health. And if you lack emotional intelligence, then you're going to by default suffer or struggle in the area of intimacy. And remember, intimacy ain't just about sex, okay? It's not just about uh, physical contact. There are seven types, and we'll talk about those at another time, but for now, just understand that there's a correlation between your the intimacy that you have and the emotional health that you possess. Okay, so for the record, emotional intelligence is so important to your marriage that this one area, if not improved, will often make or break your relationship. And in this session, in the Marriage Counselor's Corner, this session is all about understanding emotional intelligence and gaining the tools that will help you increase your EQ so that your marriage is successful. Now, if emotional intelligence is a newer concept to you, here's a brief definition. So emotional intelligence or EQ is your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and in others as well as your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior and your relationships. So again, emotional intelligence is all about your ability to recognize the awareness the awareness that you have with regards to your own emotions and the emotions of others and your ability to take that awareness and use that to manage your personal behavior as well as to manage your relationships efficiently. So, emotional intelligence, it affects how we manage behaviors. It affects how we navigate complex social relationships such as marriage. And it affects how we make personal decisions. And there is no known connection between your IQ and your EQ. So, That should be a good sign because some of y'all, if your IQ is already set at a certain level, you can't really change that. But your emotional intelligence or your EQ, that's actually something that you can change. It's a learned skill set. Okay. So all you have to do is accumulate and acquire new information, implement that stuff and practice it enough. And it becomes a skill set that now you possess. Now, When it comes to emotional intelligence, there are four areas of emotional intelligence. I'm going to go briefly over these and then I'm going to go in depth a little bit more. So the first area of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. The second area is self-management, social awareness. And then the last is relationship management. And see these as the four pillars, the four things that if they are in place and if they are strong, they will allow you to have more emotional intelligence. But if one or a few of these are out of place or not as strong as they need to be, if the structural integrity is off, then you're going to struggle with regards to emotional intelligence. So let's start with the first area of emotional intelligence, and that is self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is your ability to perceive your own emotions in the moment and to understand your tendencies across situations. Now, People who don't have a high level of self-awareness, they'll, they're going to struggle to be present with their negative emotions. Uh, they're going to struggle to be honest with their emotions in general, and they will have a tendency to do things and say things and react without even knowing why they are reacting. This person has low self-awareness. Think of a person who often gets defensive when they're being critiqued. Or a person who never is able to own up to the mistakes that they make or uh, if they say or do something and then someone triggers them, they just overreact or react without even being in control of what they say and what they do. This person lacks self-awareness. Now, on the flip side, people high in self-awareness, they are remarkably clear in their understanding of what they do well. They're also clear in what motivates them and the type of people and situations that trigger them. So a person who has high self-awareness, they're going to be more aware of the people, places, and things they should be around. They're going to know their triggers. They're going to know how they react. They're going to know what motivates them, what fuels them. And because they have more knowledge, they can make better decisions, right? If I know that I have uh, short on patience when I come home from work, then guess what? I'm not going to put myself in a situation that requires patience as soon as I come home from work. To go a step further and deeper, if I know that my spouse is overwhelmed when they come home from, let's say, 10 hours of work and they're tired and they are short-tempered maybe or a little bit more irritable when they come home, well, guess what? I can create an environment that's conducive for that person to come home and transition into a peaceful environment. So that they're not coming home and now having to fight battles and do all the other stuff that may trigger their inability to be patient, right? This is self-awareness. All right, let's keep going. Now, some people, hopefully you are being honest with how much self-awareness you have. But in the event that you are looking to improve in self-awareness, because after all, we can all do things to help us grow. I want to give you a few things to improve, to help you improve in your self-awareness. Number one, quit treating your emotions as if they are good or bad. See, emotions tend to be neutral and they're part of the human experience. The problem is, we're often raised, and society often validates those emotions that we should have and the emotions that we shouldn't have. So, for instance, with men, right, as men, we're not often allowed to have emotions like fear. Uh, disappointment, frustration, uh, embarrassment, insecurity, depression, anxiety. Right? We we're we're not allowed to go into sadness or despair. How many times, guys, husbands, have you ever shared with your wife that you're despair? You you're dealing with despair. Do you even know what despair is? Right? We're not entitled or allowed to deal with these emotions in the manner that maybe perhaps women are. Um, think of. Like how life was like as a young boy when you were a young boy you fell and you scraped your knee right did you go were you able to go crying to your dad and did he console you and nurture you and say you know what son that's okay let me kiss your boo-boo it's gonna be okay and maybe you did at two and three but let's say at 10 11 my guess is and especially if you're from the area that i'm from right raised in the, the 80s uh my guess is that they told you to put dirt on it and get back out there. And this, is what, this is why I played football, because football was a safe place for me to be angry and aggressive. And, and it was, I, I couldn't use any other emotions other than the anger and aggression. And so it was, I could be aggressive. I could be a guy. I could be a boy. I could hurt and break things. Um, but that was only a mask. That was only a smokescreen that allowed me to fuel and funnel all of the other emotions that I really was experiencing into the anger and aggression. And a lot of times we're just allowed to be angry and aggressive or we're either allowed to be that way or we're not allowed to be that way. But either way, there's those extremes, nothing in the middle. And so when it comes to marriage, imagine you as a wife asking your husband, why don't you just share with me how you feel? Why don't you just express yourself? Tell me how you feel. What's wrong? He's going to say, I'm cool, nothing. Well, because we've been groomed to think that way. But it also means he has low self-awareness. He most likely won't know how to communicate and verbalize how he's feeling because he never really had time to touch base with those things. Okay, let me keep going because I could listen, y'all, hey, y'all in, the, y'all, y'all in the marriage council's corner, y'all comfortable? Y'all need some water? <laughs> y'all on the couch? Because I could keep going. But let me keep going with this concept of how to improve your self-awareness. Another way to improve your self-awareness is, Oh gosh, don't crucify me when I say this, y'all. I Really, don't care if y'all do because it's the truth, but stop being emotionally entitled. <laughs> okay, hear me, please. And I found that I have to say this more often to wives in session than husbands. There's a reason, but please hear me. Your feelings aren't facts. They are merely data. Now, I did not say your feelings don't matter. I said they are not facts. They are merely data. They are giving you information about what's going on around and in you, but that doesn't necessarily mean they are facts. I know that a lot of individuals will treat their feelings as if they are facts. They are not. So just because you can say, I feel, that doesn't mean that therefore it's true. It just means you're experiencing this certain set of conditions in this moment. But it, but your feelings can change. And your feelings aren't tethered to reality all the time. They are just based off of your experience and perception of reality. Okay? and I've had to say this, and obviously not that way in sessions. I can say this now because I'm behind the mic. But the truth of the matter is, don't stop treating your emotions as if uh, they are truth and reality, when really they're just data. It's just giving you information about what's going on around you and in you. Stop being emotionally entitled, okay? I could spend another hour on that, but I'm not because I think y'all get the point. (laughs) Let me move forward. Another way to improve your self-awareness is don't avoid the discomfort. Listen, in marriage, you're going to experience a plethora of discomfort, of emotions that are not comfortable, especially you men. You guys you can experience emotions that are not always comfortable. And if we cling to just comfort, then we'll never grow. It's the discomfort, right? The uncomfortable moments that actually produce the growth. And we need that. We need to be pruned. We need to be shaped and molded and taught. And this is the way to do it. Don't just avoid the emotions that produce discomfort, right? If you feel like, ah, it's going to make me feel weak or weird, so I'm not going to share shed a tear. No, uh-uh. No, give yourself permit. Listen, guys, and this I say this to the husbands a lot. You, If you're not flushing out your emotional system, if you're not putting yourself in positions in your individual meditation time or spiritual time or whatever you do individually where you are uh, releasing and, and flushing out the sadness and the despair and the discomfort and the depression and anxiety, if you're not doing that, if you're not shedding tears, Every so often, not all the time. I get it. I know we want to keep that lying. But if you're not allowing those things out, then when it's time to release those things, you're going to be uncomfortable. And you're not going to do it. And then you're going to disconnect intimacy. Okay? Remember, EQ is closely associated with intimacy. All right. Another way to improve your self-awareness. Spend more time without the distractions of life. Please, guys, in marriage, spend less time in 2024 distracted by the things that often cause you to lose sight of your true self. Okay. Stop putting the the phone in front of your face and scrolling because you don't want to deal with the truth because you don't want to deal with what's really going on. Stop putting a show on or binging Netflix and binging because you you don't want to deal with reality and you don't want to deal with the issues. Y'all got to put these distractions down and put yourself in front of the mirror and deal with what you're looking at. Okay. And guys, Sometimes on the couch, in the marriage counselor's corner, we're going to have fun and it's going to be light and joy And then there's going to be sometimes times when I got to be a little bit more stern and, and more of a coach. Today is one of those days, okay? So forgive me, but please hear my heart. Lastly, another way to improve your self-awareness is to know yourself under stress. This is all about self-awareness, is to know how you react when you're in stressful situations. How do you react when you're backed into a corner? Or when you're overwhelmed or when you just don't feel like you have another, you, you don't have another, I'm sorry to give, right? Or another, I'm, I forgive you to give. How do you, how, how do you deal with that? Or when you just worked a 10-hour shift, you come home, the house is dirty, the dog didn't pooped and peed, the baby is crying. What do you do in those situations? Know yourself so you can communicate that to your spouse appropriately, okay? All right, so let me move on to the second pillar, if I could say it that way, of emotional intelligence. So the first one is self-awareness. The second one is self-management. Okay, so self-management is your ability to effectively and successfully manage your reactions to both situations and people. Okay, so it's your ability to manage how you react (laughs) when you're in certain situations and when you're around certain people. Now, understand that in life, most people are driven by their subconscious needs. Matter of fact and I'll talk about this in future episodes most people marry because of their subconscious needs. Now you won't say that because of course it's subconscious so it's not at the conscious level but we're often driven by those things that we don't think about our core beliefs okay and in order to increase your emotional intelligence, you have to not only be aware of your emotions, you have to make sure that you are not controlled by them. So you have to be aware and you have to be in control. And what I've noticed, especially when it comes to self-management, is often when we're triggered, we lose control, we give in, and we let we let our emotions take over. I was just looking at this video literally about 15 minutes ago um where this guy was in court and he was up for parole or I guess he was trying to, you know, stay out on bail and the judge you know, ruled that, no, you got to go to prison. And just like that, he flipped and dove over the, the bench and attacked the judge. And it was very just, it was ridiculous. And I was watching that. I was fueled with anger and sadness at the same time. It was a weird combination of emotions. And in that moment, I was just like, I need to sit in this because I don't know why I'm experiencing anger and sadness until I started to understand, okay, I'm feeling angry because, I didn't like to see the judge attacked like that. I'm feeling sad because this 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 young black man just threw away his life, and I'm feeling sad that this judge who was just doing her job, got attacked, and everybody was there to see it. I'm also feeling sad that the family members is there they're his fam- like it's just a bunch of emotions, but it's like it was interesting and was cool to just sit in there and not in the in the court room but in to to sit in this space in my office and just experience those emotions, but also to to look and observe this guy lacked self-management he with compl- that rage flicked when that when that switch flipped and he just felt that rage he took off and it was like he went from trying to plead with the judge to trying to kill the judge literally and it's just like that self-management do you have it what happens when your 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 fuse is lit right how do you do you do you know how to manage your your emotions and your reactions in that moment because guess what being married ain't gonna make you have more self-management. If anything, being married will be the one place where you will be tested to have self-management. How you? What's your clapback game like? You gonna just say something back because you feel like getting the last word, or you feel like nobody can control you, or nobody can outsmart you? Are you gonna ask for forgiveness or apologize, or are you gonna hit b- below the belt? <laughs> and I've listen. I've been in hundreds and hundreds of. Hours of sessions, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of sessions, actually, where I've seen, oh, what's about to happen? And some I've seen where they become explosive and they'll walk out because the spouse says something they ain't like. And some I'm like, I like the way you manage your emotions, right? What's your self-management like? I want you guys to think about that. So let me give you just four quick tips on how to improve your self-management. And then I got to keep it moving, okay? Because listen, y'all only here for an hour. No, I'm joking. Y'all ain't here for no hour. Uh, But y'all at the couch, I want y'all to be comfortable. So uh, let me go ahead and give you four uh, tips on how to improve your self-management. The first one is uh, treat your emotions fairly. Don't favor, like I was saying earlier with the tips to improve your self-awareness, don't favor the pleasant emotions and then hide away or shut down the uncomfortable emotions. Treat them fairly because they're neutral to the human experience. It's how you treat them and how you react to them that makes them either positive or negative. It's your relationship with your emotions that makes them positive or negative. Anger can be a really positive thing, right? For instance, if I'm, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm one of the uh, security officers in that judge, in that courthouse, and the judge is attacked. The anger that I need will help me to be strong enough to protect that judge <laughs> and if you saw the video, you know exactly what I mean um, so but treat your emotions fairly. Stop favoring the ones that you that 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 feel good and then disowning the ones that feel uncomfortable. Also stop rejecting the ones that you know you need to express. Some of y'all are walking around packed, stuffed, full of sadness, full of sadness. And y'all don't want to deal with that because it's uncomfortable. So you treat that unfairly. You treat that sadness unfairly. Some of you guys are grieving and you don't even know you're grieving because you haven't stopped long enough to say, wait a minute, why do I still feel this pit in my stomach? I lost my mom or I lost my dad or I lost you, right? And I just never, I just kept moving. I just kept working. No, some of y'all are grieving and you guys haven't given yourself permission to grieve. Be fair. That's the only way you grow is you be fair to yourself. Also, smile and laugh more. I know I just said treat your emotions fairly, but it also means there's going to be moments where you're going to just have to smile and laugh through it, right? Don't Your first reaction shouldn't always have to be offense and anger. Sometimes you just got to smile and laugh, right? And listen, in marriage, y'all are some of the most serious spouses I've seen come in just serious with each other there's going to be moments when you guys just have to be lighthearted because there's enough seriousness in life going on that you don't want to take that energy home with you. Right? Last smile, be lighter in your energy, in your vibration. Okay. Uh, number three, take control of your self-talk. Okay. I don't want to get long-winded on this because <laughs> I can, uh, but just like I said, treat, treat your emotions fairly, treat yourself fairly. Some of y'all don't love yourselves to the degree that you need to, and it is showing in your marriage. It's showing in how you love your spouse, right? There's a Jewish proverb that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and you can only give away what you have. If you don't have it, you can't give it. Some of you guys are faking the funk because you don't really love yourself, so you can't really love your spouse to the degree that they would need to be loved in in the the marriage. And so take control of your self-talk. Be nice to yourself. Speak love and affirmation and validation to yourself. Every every morning, I have my five-year-old, soon-to-be six-year-old daughter speak three affirmations. She says, I'm smart, I'm cute, and I'm strong. And guess what? I know at six years old, at five years old, she's learning what this means, but she doesn't have a lot of tangible experiences to what this means because that'll come with life. But what I'm doing is I'm priming her self-talk. Right. So when she gets into a difficult situation, I want her to tell herself, wait a minute, I'm smart. Daddy says I'm smart. I'm strong. Daddy says I'm strong. I'm cute. Daddy, like, I want her to tell herself that because I know at 30, right, whatever time that comes in 25 years, she's going to need that self-talk at one particular situation or another. Okay, And so give yourself permission to love on yourself by the things you say. Because again, you can only give away what you have. If you're speaking negatively about yourself to yourself, what do you think you're gonna say to your spouse, right? And y'all know what I mean when I say self-talk, saying stuff like, "Man, I'm stupid," or "I'm just a fool," or "I'm just so selfish," or "You're right." You, 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 y'all know what y'all say to yourselves that we don't hear, okay? I can read your mind, so I hate, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I I could do that a little bit, but just a little bit. It's called discernment. It's called discernment. But anyway, take control of your self-talk. Number four, speak to people who are not emotionally invested in your problems. Oh, gosh, this, I could spend a lot of time on this one as well. But I see that a lot of times, and please don't crucify me, wives, I've, I I feel like I can say this and, and be, um, I think I've earned the right to say this. I've I've noticed that wives tend to have this uh, habit the most, is that they actually seek out people that will be emotionally invested in their problems so that they can just stay in that space and they don't have to really do much about it. Now, I'm not saying all wives do this, but I say wives struggle with this the most. Um, they, they just seek out. And and that, listen, I've experienced it as a therapist, right? A wife will come in with their husband and at the beginning of the session, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, husband, let's get it. Let's, you know, I'm in the husband's ear, lighting the fire. But then it's like, okay, wife, it's your turn. And the first thing I say is she don't like it. I can see her kind of like, uh-uh, I ain't come here for that. I came here for you to talk to him about his problems, right? And I've, I've witnessed this enough to know that, this is an area, and I'll point it out, like, this is an area that I need you to focus on because if in here you're struggling to receive wise counsel, I can only imagine what happens at home when you can be a little bit more, like, verbal with your spouse, <laughs> right? So just know, don't just don't seek out people who's going to be emotionally invested in your problems because most, most likely you're going to miss another side of the truth, right? So give yourself balance. In a balanced perspective, so that you can enhance your self management. Otherwise, you're gonna be around people who are just gonna be saying yes to you, and all the while you're reacting and you're only making the situation worse. Okay? So that's self management. Those are four ways that you, that you can improve your self management. I hope you, listen, I hope y'all are taking notes because I don't see nobody in here writing right now. So y'all should be taking notes. Okay? No, let me stop. Anyway, let's go to the third pillar. So we have self awareness. We have self-management. The third one is social awareness. And this again is how to, these are the four things that I'm going over that will allow you to enhance your emotional intelligence. This one is self, uh, I'm sorry, this one is social awareness. Now, social awareness is your ability to accurately pick up in your, pick up on the emotions in other people and to understand what is really going on with them. Some will say this is discernment. Some will say this is reading the room. Some will just call it flat out social awareness. Whatever the case, this means that you're perceiving what other people are thinking and feeling, even if you don't feel the same way. This is about having empathy. And husbands, this is an area that I see y'all struggle with the most, okay? Listen, again, y'all came to the couch to get truth, so I'm not going to swaddle. Just like I was just talking about the wives, husbands, this is an area that y'all struggle with. Y'all struggle with empathy. Again, I understand we're not brought up and groomed to like be empathetic individuals, so we have a deficiency, but that's not an excuse to have that deficit. That means you got to work harder, you got to do more work, and you got to let your wife lead you in this area. Let her model what empathy looks like so that you could acquire that skill set and then you can give it back. Okay? But this is something that you gotta you gotta practice. Social awareness ensures that you stay out of your own way long enough to focus on the other person, so that you can gain critical information about them, right? And I know for me, I just kind of like to pay attention. Like I like to go and people watch at times. And no, I'm not nosy. Okay, just (laughs) there's a difference. I like to study and research and learn, and I'm extremely curious in terms of why we do what we do. Like, if I could interview the guy that jumped over to attack this judge, I'm curious as to what what, what made you think this was going to be a suitable path for you, and did what, did you even consider the outcome? I would love to interview the judge, right? When she saw in that five seconds of him attacking, like, the five seconds it took for him to get there or whatever like what was she thinking how was she feeling i would love to you know and this is what i do with my clients i'm i'm i'm, I'm an avid researcher and i'm studying those that i work with i'm studying and i'm learning and i'm i'm, I'm expanding it's a, it's part of my social awareness but i also do it at home with my wife right she come home she looks a certain way or she ha- her energy is a little different guess what i'm asking questions i'm reading the room Or if she comes home and I'm like, okay, yep, no, got to keep Zaya out the way. Zaya's our daughter. I'm reading the room. Nah, Zaya, go go away, go upstairs, go play. And my wife does the same thing for me, right? So social awareness is key to emotional intelligence. Okay, let me talk about a few ways to improve your social awareness. I told you guys I, I would go a little bit like brief, but a little bit beneath the surface, but not a lot. So I can't go super deep. Um, If you go to any of my speaking events where I talk about emotional intelligence, I'm actually doing uh, activities with the audience, which makes it really fun. But I can't do it with y'all. Not right now. Anyway, here's a few ways to improve social awareness. Number one is watch body language. Like I said earlier, I love to just kind of read people. But if you don't have the time and ability to do that, there are great books that talk about body language, right? I got one. I should have had it prepared for me on my desk. It's on my bookshelf. <laughs> so if you ask a question, if you submit a question about the book, I'll I'll make sure that I have that answer in the book title. Uh, but you can just go to Amazon and type in books on body language. But I love learning about what body language is all about. And as a therapist, I've learned that, you know, for the most part, there are three levels of communication. Right. There's verbal, there's tone, and then there's nonverbal and body language actually makes up a the major, the major part of communication i think 55% of communication is in nonverbal body language cues okay so you could tell a lot by a person looking at their body language but if you're not looking at your spouse if you guys aren't making eye contact you're not looking at her face or looking at his body uh, OK, you're probably looking at his body, but I'm saying if you ain't why y'all in a conflict or dealing with a situation, if you ain't paying attention to whether his arms are crossed, he's nodding his head, he's pacing, whatever the case may be, you can miss a lot of cues. Speaking to, about body language, my guess is that in that court, in that courthouse, there was probably a few seconds where somebody could have picked up on the body language before he leaped over and attacked the judge. And my guess is nobody was really there because then nobody was thinking that that would have happened. The next way to improve your social awareness is be present by living in the moment. A lot of people live in the past. A lot of people live in the future. And guess what? Both of those points of, of time does not exist. The past doesn't exist anymore because it has already happened. The future does not exist yet because it is happening. So be in the moment. Be present. When you're at home with your spouse, be present with them. Stop scrolling or watching TV while having conversations. Stop texting while having conversations. Talk. Put the phone down. Look at them in their face. Look at them in their eyes. Right? Stop distracting yourself. Another way to improve your social awareness is step in their shoes. And this is all about empathy. And if I had more time, I would go even deeper into into how to demonstrate this, especially for the men. Um, Because this is easier said than done. It's simple, but it's not easy. And putting yourself in other other people's shoes, especially when you lack perspective or their perspective, it doesn't help you with your social awareness that much. So this is why you have to ask questions, which actually is one of the ways to improve your social awareness. Actually ask better questions. And again, if I was doing this, a, a presentation, well, I will have a really fun activity that will help you to see this point and how important it is to ask the right question. Um, as a therapist, this is something that I really try to Uh, do really well with is asking good questions, or just asking better questions. Even if I don't ask the best, I'm asking better, okay? So, make sure you're asking questions. You're just not listening and saying, "Mm mm-hmm, or yes. Ask questions. This is the only way you get more information is if you ask questions. There's a Jewish proverb that says, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Asking better questions is one way to do that. Uh, Another way to improve your social awareness is to lose your agenda. Stop coming to an argument or a conflict pre-prepared with what you are going to say and instead be in the moment. Listen, look, learn, glean, ask questions but don't just lead them towards your next question or don't just have one already in the chamber ready to fire a question that is and you know now you've completely misheard, misunderstood, misinterpreted what your spouse is saying because you got an agenda. You're trying to prove a point. You're trying to be right, right? And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Conflict is not about being right. It's about agreement or synergy, right? It's about finding common ground. So lose your agenda and stop being prepared. Don't come prepared to have a rebuttal to everything someone says, okay? Lastly, and this is important, Stop assuming. Nope, I didn't cuss. <laughs> stop assuming, right? They say if you assume, you're making an ass out of you. Is that that's what they say? So, that Mama, if you, Mama, if you hear me, that I wasn't lying. I mean, I didn't cuss. I just was. You get the point, Ma. Anyway, <laughs> stop assuming. Uh, stop coming up with your own assumptions about why a person did something, and instead just face them by asking a question. Uh, I see people assume. Because they want to be right. They assume because it's the easiest, uh, it's the path of least resistance. They assume because uh, they already have a preconceived notion of what's going on and why a person did what they did. Uh, But it's kind of lazy, if I'm being honest. It's kind of lazy. Instead, ask questions. That's the only way to gain information. Stop assuming, okay? (laughs) Anyway. Those are some tips and ways to improve your your social awareness. Uh, That's the third pillar. So now we have uh, self awareness, self management, social awareness, and lastly, the fourth and final pillar of emotional intelligence is relationship management. Now, relationship management is all about your ability to use your own self awareness and your social awareness to manage your relationships more successfully. Relationship management is all about connection. And connection inside of your marriage, get this guys, is all about intimacy. (laughs) And so if you could manage your relationships with more consistency and intentionality, it enhances and increases intimacy. So relationship management is all about taking your own self-awareness, what you know about yourself, What you've learned about your spouse, their social awareness, and then you take that and you say, okay, now I know how to manage these situations inside of my relationship more efficiently. I want you guys to remember a formula, and you probably hear me say this a lot of times because it's so important. It's that important to your marriage. If you can remember this, I promise you, it will change things. So remember this formula. I also talk about this in my book The 37 Laws to Mastering Marriage. But safety and security leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability leads to intimacy, and intimacy leads to influence. Remember, marriage is all about intimacy and influence. And the greatest way to manage your relationship is through influence. But if you don't have influence, don't try to get influenced. Instead, start by creating a safe and secure environment for your spouse. But in order to do that, you have to have social awareness. You have to be able to read the room. You have to know or be a student of your spouse. What does your wife require in order to feel safe and secure? What does your husband require in order to feel safe and secure? Because when they're more safe and more secure, guess what? They're going to be more vulnerable with you. And when they're more vulnerable, that enhances intimacy. Because intimacy is about a deep level of exposure and connection. And only then, only then can you have true influence with your spouse, right? And influence is not about controlling them. It's about impacting them. It's about giving them space and room to grow, right? When we first got married, Mandy and I, I was a very selfish husband, as you guys know by now. (laughs) And I was very uh, immature. I didn't have skills like uh, sharing. I grew up the only son and I had three sisters. I was the only boy. And so by default, I had this selfish territorial nature to me. Uh, But being married to my wife taught me the art of sharing and the art of sacrifice. That's her influence in my life. Being married to my wife taught me the art of loving family, like your extended family. (laughs) And so I'm much more... Uh, connected to my extended family, I could do better. I still need to do better. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't, don't get it twisted. Your boy can do better. But I've gotten much better. Um, I love hosting for Thanksgiving, for thank for Christmas. I love having family and friends over. But that's because of my wife's influence, okay? That's her influence in my life. That's that's a, That's relationship management. That's growth. So let me give you a few tips on how to improve your relationship management, and then we're going to wrap this session up, okay? And you guys have done excellent, by the way. I've seen y'all locked in, keyed in, focused. You guys are doing a great job on the couch. Let's keep it going. Here's a few ways to improve your relationship management. Number one, become a student of your spouse. Again, this is a subject that I'll cover at some point, and it's in my book. It's it's one of the 37 laws, the law of the pupil, but it's all about learning and understanding your spouse at a deeper level, at a deep level. Like, you got to know their childhood. You got to know their trauma their relationship with marriage, their relationship with um, failure. You got to know all these things about your spouse so that that can help you to know how to better manage your relationship. So if you study them, and trust me, there should never be a time when you get to the place where you're like, you know what, I fully know my spouse. Because your spouse will grow every single day, every single month, every single year. With each stage of life, they're going to transform. So who they were in their 20s is different than who who they are now. Who they were when they were not parents is different than who they are now, okay? So give your spouse permission to grow and study them at every stage, okay? Number two, be open to feedback and lose the habit of getting offended. It's like the moment you get married, you get offended easily by your spouse. And I get it because of the intimacy and the fact that you trust that they're going to protect you. But at the end of the day, you got to lose that habit. Is so that you can be open to feedback because it's the feedback that will help you grow. Remember, your spouse is your mirror. They are reflecting back to you who you really are. And so you don't know all of you. You have blind spots. We all do. We, we all get nose blind. So sometimes you ain't smelling your stuff, but your spouse can smell you. <laughs> and so give them permission to give you feedback without you getting offended. Be thankful and grateful that someone is willing to love you and give you feedback in a safe place. And if y'all ain't doing it in a safe place, then we need to get better at that. And We're going to talk about that at some point as well. Here's another way to improve your relationship management. Acknowledge the feelings of others. And again, guys, husbands, this is something that you got to get better at. You just got to get better at this. There's no other way around it. No other way to put it. We just got to grow in our ability to acknowledge how other people feel. Not everything is about us. Wives, y'all can do better than this as well. Let me me not just put it all on husbands, but let's just say everybody. (laughs) Listen, it's not all about how we feel. It's also important to acknowledge the feelings of others. So spend time acknowledging each other's feelings on purpose. Like, practice it. Like, literally practice it. Then nothing major has to happen in order for you to acknowledge someone else's feelings. But you can just spend time saying, hey, babe, it looks like you... You doing well today? You look a little down. You look a little tired. You look a little overwhelmed. Tell me a little bit about that, right? And that's you reading the room, acknowledging their feelings and opening yourself to receive feedback for where they are. Okay, and lastly, don't avoid the tough conversations. I said this earlier with some of the other tips, but don't avoid those difficult conversations. And I know there's going to be plenty of difficult conversations to be had in marriage. And I often tell my clients, look, if you get into a patch where you, you're you like, y'all can't get through this, don't try to do it on your own. That's why y'all hired me. I work for you. So let me come in and do what I do to manage this difficult conversations. Just like some of y'all, if y'all tires are bald and you need to rotate them, you ain't going to try to rotate your tires yourself. You gonna take it to an expert to do it. Don't avoid these difficult conversations uh, or don't even try to do it. When you know you don't have the skills to do it, make sure you go to a therapist, a coach, a pastor, somebody, mentor, uh, your accountability accountability couple, somebody that can help you successfully navigate through those tough conversations. Okay, you know what, I'm going to wrap up here because I can keep going and I would love to keep going, but I want to give you guys a few, an action item, just one. I'll give you one action item and then we're going to land this plane because it's time to get off my couch. Okay, (laughs) no, I'm joking. But here's an action item. Uh, I want you guys to pick one of the four emotional intelligence skills to work on. Right. So you got self-awareness, self-management. You have social awareness and relationship management. Those are the four. Pick one of those four skills. And I want you to pick the one that you feel you need to do the most work in and begin practicing on the strategies for that particular skill. I gave you a few strategies for each of those skills. So go back, repeat this if you didn't take any notes and pick one of those skills and then pick the strategies that I listed plus more if you find more. And I want you just to practice and practice and practice and practice more. Keep practicing. Trust me, the more you practice, the better you'll get. If you don't practice, you ain't going to get that good at it, okay? Um, And then ask your spouse for feedback on your progress. So once you, you know, create some rhythm and lather with practicing you know, maybe two or three weeks worth of practicing these skills. Ask for feedback from your spouse. Let them, you know, give you permission to, or give them permission, rather, to give you feedback on what they see you're doing well and not well in. And then also, if you need additional resources, two books that I would recommend is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. You can just go to Amazon, type in Emotional Intelligence 2.0. The book will come up. And then also The 37 Laws to Mastering Marriage. That's my book. You can go to Amazon to do that as well, or you can go to masteringmayorslaws.com. But either way, uh, these books will help you to have an expanded range with regards to emotional intelligence. So here we are, guys. We are done. That's it for today's episode where we discussed just a few strategies for understanding and improving your emotional intelligence. Now, I really appreciate you joining me for this session at the Marriage Counselor's Corner, and I want you to join me in the next episode where we will talk about a very important topic that you don't want to miss. And do me a favor. Please remember to leave me a rating and a review for this podcast wherever you're subscribed. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you subscribe, make sure that you are rating and leaving reviews. This is how the the podcast will be promoted. The more rating and reviews I get, the higher it's promoted. The higher it's promoted, the more people will see it. And then share this. Share this on Facebook. Share this on your platforms. Um, Share this with your spouse. Use this in your marriage enrichment times to discuss. Give this this away so that other people can benefit from it. And then also, don't forget to go to marriagecounselorscorner.com. That's the website where you can leave questions for my Q&A episodes. Anyway, guys, I appreciate your time. Now go out, be great, stay out of trouble, and I will see you on the couch in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Deuces. Thanks for stopping by for your seat on the couch at the Marriage Counselor's Corner. Remember, go to marriagecounselorscorner.com to schedule your next session. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss a session. We look forward to having you back on the couch soon. Bye-bye now.